It's the next episode, the latest episode of Let Me Tell You Something's Dive Into The Works of Wrestling that Dave Meltzer has rated five stars or higher in his time as a uh, chronicler of the combat zone of wrestling. Although, there's no John Zandig in this match. There is instead a Jushin Thunder Liger facing off against one of his perennial rivals, El Samurai, in the final of the 1992 Best of the Super Juniors tournaments. I think it might have been called Top of the Super Juniors at this point. Um, I'm your co-host, Lorcan Mullen, and with me as always is my co-host... Simon Cross. Now, Simon, you seem to be in a grumpy mood. Why is that? Oh, I... <laughs> we often talk about how like we try not to be negative, but I, I just... I just don't get how this is five star. I, I just, I just didn't. Um, how much Jushin Liger have you seen before this? I'm assuming you saw uh, his not a lot at all. Breeze. I saw his takeover match against yeah. Tyler Breeze, but that's pretty much my limit. Mm. It's but, unfortunate because this is really the other match that he, he has two five star matches in this, uh, and the other one was never televised. It was a match that um, Dave Meltzer saw live. So I think what we might do, that was him against the great Sasuke. I think for that, I might suggest we watch just a couple of other matches he had with Sasuke to try and get a gist of try and get a vibe chemistry they it. have, you know? So um, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But Jushin Thunder Liger, I think, is very often cited as the greatest junior heavyweight wrestler of all time. Yeah. And, you know, he got a couple of five-star matches, which is just a couple more than some of his other New Japan um, peers. Of uh, Masahiro Chono and Shinya Hashimoto, and one more than Ki- Kijimuto. So and maybe that's the reason team. why I didn't like it because his reputation did precede him, and I did I did leave it feel I was a little bit underwhelmed. Let's, let's, maybe let's maybe that's a factor. It's not a bad match, but do you think no, the problem it's not is that terrible. It's, you're expecting a five star match. Um, potentially yes, and I, I try Your version I, of a five star match. I do try and get that preconception out because obviously we're watching something that is deemed five star in Dave Meltzer's eyes all the time in this series. But I just think there there are positives, um, but I think they lean too heavily on sort of non wrestling, sort of semi non wrestling stuff and. Yeah. There was they, they just didn't create a thread for me. There was no thread to this match. Yeah, there's very clearly just like three key portions. Samurai attacks Liger at the bell. Samurai beats up Liger for ages, rips his mask. Try, he's trying to out a uh, shithouse. Um, mm. Fuway. Uh, Fushi. <laughs> and Liger then does the same thing to him, basically. Rips at his mask, attacks him. And they, then they have the back and forth at the end. He basically rips Samurai's mask off immediately. Clean off, pretty yeah. much. Um, and so it's weird. There's no back and forth. And I think the thing about the junior heavyweight wrestling of the 90s, which is, again, like I've said, like when we talked about the Tiger Mask Dynamite Kid match, how much that influenced the style of the 90s junior heavyweight wrestling, and that that might have been what a lot of the modern-day wrestlers really got into like your Seth Rollinses and your Daniel Bryans. Yeah. Without necessarily watching as much of the Tiger Mask Dynamite Kid matches. And what the 
what that junior heavyweight style of the 90s that then really became the indie style of the late 90s and was one of the reasons why maybe a lot of the indie wrestlers in, in the UK and the US and elsewhere suddenly became a lot smaller, um, a lot more high-flying moves, but also with a bit more submission base, was that, was the junior heavyweight style of the 90s was that fusing of sort of Lucha Libre influences from Mexico with the Japanese um, hard-fighting spirits, and fusing them together with with all the different, and it was more wrestling based. And this was like a a nasty wild brawl. This was like almost closer in spirit to something at times that you'd expect from Terry Funk and Stan Hansen than you would these both fantastic Matt and aerial based wrestlers to do. Yeah, yes, it, it there really is a... emphasised the hatred between the two, which was there at this point. Of the yeah. rivalry. Like, they faced off against each other numerous times, traded the IWGP junior title between them. They were basically the one and two of their era in yeah. the junior division, along with Chris Benoit's wild Pegasus guy Jin character. And there is of like a visceral nature to the moves that they execute in the match. Um, but the maybe triple... it's because it's at the end of a wrestling tournament that you're expecting more of a sporting dynamic behind it. I think... One of the problems I have with it is I think El Samurai's offense... You know when someone lays something on slightly too thick and it sort of telegraphs how this is going to turn out? Mm. The way he kept just hitting Liger with all those like moves... He hits I never, <clears throat> Yeah, I never thought... I didn't know the result before this match because I tried not to where possible. Um, I never thought Liger was losing. Even when he was getting battered. Uh, there was just something about the way he did it. was just like... You know what I mean? It just set up what's clearly what's going to happen next. And maybe that's another factor into why I didn't like it. Because it was telegraphed for me, effectively. Okay. Uh, what do you think of Liger? Uh, he's, he's an interesting figure to watch. Because he was seen as this great high flyer. And he invented things like the shooting star press. But he actually grounded his wrestling style fairly, in, in relative terms, fairly... Well, the funny thing about Liger was, he was this dominant force throughout the 90s. He won the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title like 11 times. At various points, he was always clearly defined as the top guy in the division. And, like, the top guy in Japan, really, because the one of the great things about the New Japan Junior Heavyweight division was it really brought in... A, and it still does to this day, brought in a lot of outsiders. There was a lot more inter-promotional things... Maybe because the junior heavyweights aren't really usually the main eventers. Like, it's very obvious that this match at Sumo Hall is not the main event of the evening. Whereas yeah. in later years, Best of the Super Junior Finals would main event the show, but it would be a show at, like, Karakuen Hall. So it would be in a different, more intimate atmosphere. I think in the larger Sumo Hall, it at times the crowd seems fairly indifferent, especially at the start. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of reminds you of what the 205 Live guys have to deal with. They're, they're dealing with a, a cold audience. They have to warm them up over time. Um, and very often they succeed now, but it's still work they have to do every single time. And that's why they tape, uh, when they did taping, mm. uh, over in the UK, they taped 205 Live in the middle. Mm. Um, last time I saw a Smackdown taping. Uh, but you get where I'm coming from. The crowd, like, it was more of that stereotypical idea of a Japanese crowd being very quiet. Um, yeah. But, it, but yeah. I was wondering, is it quiet because they're concentrating, or is it quiet because they're slightly indifferent to what's happening? It was hard to tell, really. Yeah, it's just... Flats, like I can't. Re- I, I I don't really like want to just like ham- repeat the point, but because to me there was no 
connection between the beginning, the middle, and the end. Like when Liger gets offense, it's it's sort of understated when he does get offense. I mean, I've written it as finally gets some offense in, but you'd think for like finally escaping the beatdown, there'd be like a bit more. Well, Samurai basically beats him up for about six minutes. Then Liger hits him with a slap and suplexes him to the outside, um, and then power bombs him on the floor. So like yeah. almost immediately is hitting the brute, which was what Samurai did. Like one of the first moves in the match is Samurai hitting the Tombstone Pile Driver on the outside. Yeah, again getting that Tombstone Pile Driver in, they love that, don't they? In Japan, <laughs> you know, I feel that should be a special like like, like they, I, I really <laughs> it bugs me. I think if you're going to hit a Pile Driver, that should mean something. But well, I think just the Tombstone is the setup move in Japan, not the killer move. Yeah, it's just weird. Maybe it's my conversation with The Undertaker. Like, you know, growing up and having that be the killer move, you know. Your conversation with The Undertaker. Connotation. Oh, connotation. Yeah. I was like, you had a natter with Mark Calloway. <laughs> All right, Mark. What's your, what's your position on the Japanese overusage of your Tombstone Pile Driver signature manoeuvre? Do you reckon he'll get asked that on Inside the Ropes at any point? Uh, I, I, I have no idea about that. I have no idea about that. I, t- I, I can't believe the Undertaker's no knees aren't jelly at this point. Yeah, I remember. You think that how much weight he took on his knees? He's taking his weight, his opponent's weight. I know he had a he, he had a he did some too, didn't big he? fuckers up for a, a pile driver over the yeah. years. I've always thought his apron leg drop did more damage to him. Mm. No, I don't know. I don't know because like the like if you land your foot because he's a tall guy. I would have thought yeah. maybe his foot lands on the outside, you know. I actually don't know if that, that the ass has to take as much. I don't know, I don't know. He doesn't well, do the that. apron is the hardest part of the ring, don't Yes, forget. yes, of course. Uh, we don't really see any apron spots in this match to bring it back to this. And then they do their back and forth, um, somersault planches and all that sort of stuff. And then it ends with Liger hitting a hurricane runner off the top. But what I liked was that they sold the exhaustion of it, that he just sort of... Uh, collapsed onto him yeah. when he pinned him, you know? I liked that. Samurai, I put a note as well, Samurai's mask is essentially a neckerchief at this point. Oh yeah, it's 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 a cravat, it's a scarf, it's, it's just gone. I think that's one of the things that always um, let Al Samurai down is that a lot of the time he wasn't, he didn't really project that charisma that Jushin Liger did. Jushin Liger's a, a showman, you know? He's, yeah. I think if you're wearing a mask, him. you've yeah. really got to use your body language. Yeah, yeah. I would like put him up there with like guys like La Parker and or L.A. Park and El Generico. I don't know what happened to that guy, but you know, just being able to project a, a character through your face your, yeah. because you don't have your face to express it. Um, and also, the other thing that's interesting about Liger is how thick he is. How like he's a bulky dude. He obviously yeah. like he's he's got a lot of. Um, he's only about five foot five, five foot four, but he has a lot of, he's still quite, he's still, he's very nimble. Yeah. Um, yeah. Despite the bulk. Yeah. But um, he's not, he's not, yeah, he's not like a Rey Mysterio, you know, classic no. Rey Mysterio thin. He's, he's bulk, you know, he's always got some, I think that's one of the reasons why he maybe became a lot more grounded as he got older as a wrestler. But like I said, like he dominated wrestling from like 1990 to 1999, but he's never held the IWGP junior heavyweight title after that. He essentially became a sporting player for 18 years. He didn't win a Best of the Super Junior since 2000 or 2001. It's amazing. Like, he's kind of spent as much of his career as the elder statesman as he has the, like, dominant 
like um, face of the face of the division, you know, top of the promotion. Hmm. Like like he's essentially been beneath guys like Koji Kanemoto, uh, Ryosuke Takagi, Taguchi, uh, Prince Devitt, and Kushida, who have really taken that spot at various points in their career as well. But he seems to he seems to enjoy it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's yeah he's done a, he's done very very well for himself. There was a great moment when he uh, when he wrestled Brian Danielson at Ring of Honor, and he got the streamer treatment. So you could tell he was like again even without the facial expressions, you could tell he was visibly moved and surprised that the fans cared that much about him. And since yeah. then, he's gone to America quite often. You know, famously, he's done the uh, Battle of Los Angeles tournament where he uh, insisted that. Tommaso Ciampa put his thumb up his ass. <laughs> Have you seen that clip? I've not. Look it up. No. Look oh. it up. It's quite the spectacle. There's a, oh, it's a, it's a hell of a conga line they form, eventually. <laughs> PDBG is just mental, though, isn't yeah, it? In general. Great. But anyway... Uh, I don't have much more to add about this match. I think it's a shame that this is one of the few New Japan Junior Heavyweight matches we have to watch. We have a couple more that are much more worthy of it. We have one more L Samurai match to come, which I think will be a very interesting one to discuss. Like I said, this might really be the only Jushin Liger match we get to discuss. But we may do a couple of matches that maybe got four and three quarter stars to give him a bit more... to do him a bit more justice. Um, but I guess it's, you've already answered your question. Not only would you not give this five stars, I know we don't give our own personal ratings when we don't do that, but I imagine you wouldn't come close to four stars with it either. No. Um, it, as I said, it's not too much new. I can't already add to what my critique of the match. Um, it, 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 it was just some wrestling that was on, in my mind, basically. Mm. Okay. I wouldn't give it five stars either. I didn't hate it. It took a while to get into I think yeah, I, no, I was, no. I, 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 was I don't like the sumo hall crowd. I was taking a while to get warmed up. I don't hate it either. It's just it, I, I'm indifferent. Mm. Yeah. So that was a match we didn't really feel like talking about that much, did we? So no. But let's all let's talk about what we're gonna do in our next episode. In our next episode, we are returning to WCW. I think this might be the final match of WCW that we're covering. And it's going to be our second match in the War Games structure. And it's May of 1992. And it's a 10-man War Games match this time. And it is, yes, it's the last one. 17th of May 1992. As Sting's squadron takes on the Dangerous Alliance. And listen to this for a murderer's row of talents. You've got Sting, Ricky Steamboat... Barry Windham, Dustin Rhodes, and Nikita Koloff facing off against Ravishing Rick Rude, Stunning Steve Austin, The Enforcer Arn Anderson, Beautiful Bobby Eaton, and Larry Zabisco. Larry Chest Hair Zabisco. Larry the Living Legend Zabisco. But anyway, if people want to get in touch with us now, Simon, how can they get in touch with you? And then how can they get in touch with me? And how can they get in touch with us as a collective? Uh, well, they can get in touch with me directly on Twitter, where I'm known as Simon Cross Free. So known because if if I did have to put a star rating, I know we don't, but <laughs> it'd probably be something in that range for this, because it was just fine. 
Very good. My name's Lorcan Mullen. That's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for Akira, N for Nagami. Akira Nagami being one of the other peers of Jushin Liger and El Samurai at this time. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, that's my email address. You put in at gmail.com at the end of it. That's my Facebook account. That's my Twitter account. That's my Letterboxd account. That's my Instagram account. Just do what you feel like doing. Or don't do anything at all. Or if you want to just get in touch with us both so we can both get a look at your opinions, then by all means, email us at lmtyspod at gmail.com. lmtyspod at gmail.com. I don't think there's anything left to say now except for, on behalf of myself, Lorca Mullen. And myself, Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until the next time.